So the winter holidays. Who likes winter holidays? Yeah. Winter holiday season often conjures up images of cozy fires, lavish meals, laughing people lounging contentedly, all relaxed. If you grew up in the church that observed Advent, perhaps you've been told and kind of heard this message around this time of year that this is the season that's all about waiting, creating space, stillness, so that you can witness God's glorious entrance into the world. So slow down. I know you got finals, but slow down. The hot cup of tea. Go experience spiritual enlightenment as you pray serenely in holy bliss. That's what you're all doing right now, right? Ah, yes. Where are these mythical creatures who must live in a different dimension? Because most of the folks that I see have dark bags under their eyes, an overload of caffeine coursing through their veins, and 10 too many tasks that they are trying to get done. They alternately run around frantically like everything is on fire or lie semi-comatose on those black leather couches. I've seen you lying there asleep pretending to study. Silent night does not mean a sweet baby sleeping in a manger. It means midnight panic while trying to cram an entire course load of information into one's brain before an 8 a.m. exam. We are in the home stretch of the semester, but it's often the most difficult stretch. Final papers, projects, tests to complete. It may feel like that you are just army crawling up your way Bascom Hill through sleet, snow, and mud to get to the finish line. No one cares about style anymore, balanced meals, or even showers. It is just dragging oneself through with the constant companion of coffee, laptops, and the lack of sleep. And as often happens when we are already overwhelmed by everything we have to do, Things in our lives often choose this exact moment to completely implode. Anyone know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Well, today's scripture from the prophet Isaiah, this was a word that was spoken to a people who were already at the end of their rope when things imploded even further. So at the beginning of the book of Isaiah, The prophet warned Israel, the people that he was talking to, that they were about to reap the consequences of their corrupt ways, having neglected the vulnerable and made a mockery of justice. So sure enough, what we find out is that violence and war come to their door, and the Israelites were carried off from their homeland in a forced deportation. They found themselves weeping by foreign rivers as they adjusted to life under the oppressive rule of the Babylonian Empire. They were now suffering in the ways that they had caused suffering for others. So understanding this context of this prophecy makes Isaiah's words of promise that much more astounding. So despite all of that, despite the fact that they had made a mess of things, God would not leave them in ruin. While most of us cannot relate to this particular experience of suffering, it is a reminder that God banishes no one, no one, to their anguish. Isaiah's words also speak to those of us who find ourselves in a mess, burdened, banished, no matter how we come to find ourselves in these places, whether we are the authors of those fiascos or not. Maybe there are times that you feel like you have been exiled to a foreign land, 
this university campus graduate school life, where your existence consists of constant demands that threaten to bury you. Perhaps you have found yourself weeping by your own river in Babylon, with tears coming in unfamiliar places, far from the comforts of home. Commitments and responsibilities taken on six months ago with passion and energy now may feel more like unwanted loads that you wish somebody would just remove from your aching back. Listening to the stories in our community, I know that unexpected illness, tragedies, and conflicts have disrupted plans and made the future look uncertain. Significant relationships have fractured, causing major disorientation, and we wonder if the ways that we have failed and made mistakes in our academics, our work, our personal lives, if those will catch up to us and ultimately lead to our downfall. There is plenty of stress, heartache, and confusion to go around so that even the things which are supposed to bring us joy, they sometimes come with shadows as they remind us of things lost, hopes left unfulfilled, and pain that still lingers. So listen again to the words from Isaiah. The wilderness and dry land shall be glad. It shall blossom abundantly. The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Waters shall break forth in the wilderness. The burning sand shall become a pool. Notice. Notice that it is not that God gets rid of the wilderness or dry land, doesn't chuck it out. God does not replace the broken eyes and ears. Instead, God takes what is right there, broken and all, and transforms it. I think so often we wish that we could just toss out the parts of ourselves that bring us shame or misery, as if we could just wave a magic wand and erase it. But God does not ask us to hide it or deny any of it. Thank goodness, because if we are honest with ourselves, we might have to make our entire selves disappear. No, that is not how God works. Scripture reminds us that Jesus enters right into the debacles, all of the catastrophes that we feel like we are in, to be with us. God is with us. I want to show a video from an event that happened 30 years ago because I think it helps illustrate the way that God walks with us, especially when we find ourselves in pain or bewildered by what has happened to us. It is from the Barcelona Summer, Summer Olympics, and it features British track athlete Derek Redmond. So Redmond had actually been at the 1988 Olympics, but he was forced to withdraw just minutes before his race because of an Achilles injury, a heart-wrenching decision. So he spent the next four years recovering and training hard for another chance to win at the 1992 Olympics. And he did really well in the first couple of heats. He was favored to medal. Then this happened. Derek Redmond never won an Olympic medal like expected. His plans were certainly ruined, and yet this has become one of the most celebrated moments in Olympic history. I think this event powerfully demonstrates the promise of the Advent season. Years and years of training and hopes were dashed in an instant when Redmond's hamstring tore at the worst possible moment, 
you might say that everything imploded at exactly the wrong time. You can see the pain and agony in his face, not just physical, but the emotional devastation that he experienced in that race when his dreams vanished right before his eyes. There's no getting around the incredibly difficult place that Redman found himself in. And then his father bursts onto the scene, running to his side to support Derek along the way. The injury and the tears, they're still there. They do not just disappear. But Redman is not alone as he limps his way to the finish line, his dad swatting people away so that they could go together. It is grace and love right in the middle of things falling apart. And so paradoxically, even in the calamity, there is triumph. The promise of Advent is that God comes directly into our messy and imperfect lives and is with us through it all. This is the good news proclaimed by the prophet Isaiah in the story of Christmas. God comes to be with us no matter what state we find ourselves in. She comes when we are limping along to slip herself under our arms so that we can sob into her shoulder as she helps carry the pain that is burdening us. We are not left alone in our anxieties, nor do we need to fear that our failures will doom us. Whatever parched lands that we have been languishing in, however weak and feeble our bodies may have become, we can trust God's transforming presence to come and meet us in our despair and turn those into songs of joy and gladness. I want to close with a blessing that Kate Bowler shared just a few days ago. She is someone who is intimately familiar with having things implode at exactly the wrong moment. She was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer at age 35 with a newborn baby just as her career had been established at Duke University and was taking off. Her memoir, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved, is well worth reading if you have not read it before. So she shared this blessing. She called it a blessing for when you are feeling especially fragile or glitchy. So receive this blessing. Blessed are you who find it hard to get out of bed or off the couch, for whom motivation is hard to come by, and even taking a shower feels like a massive accomplishment. You who sometimes wonder if you would be missed at all. Oh, friend, may you remember that you are not the bad thing. You are not the bad thing. You are not your disease or your mental illness or your sorrow. It might be tempting to believe that you are irreparably broken, that nothing will ever get any better, that this is as good as it gets. Blessed are you who feel fragile, who feel the weight of humanity on your shoulders today, fragile in body and in mind. You who need to be reminded that you are wonderful, beautiful, a treasure to behold. If you are having a particularly dark day, may you find a little light and levity in the absurd, a ridiculous hobby for no reason whatsoever but to keep you busy and your hands and minds occupied, a funny TV show that you can get lost in, the kindness of a friend or a neighbor, or a stranger, or a doctor, the right word of encouragement at exactly the moment you need it. Put your hand over your heart. 
feel that steady beating pulse, the life running through your veins, the rise and fall of your chest, your body living without you having to remind it to. I'm going to tell you something that my sister said to me on my particularly terrible day. She said, the world has changed, dear heart, but don't be afraid. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. You will not disappear. You are here. So hold on, dear one. That feeling will not last forever. You are not alone in your terribleness. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. You will not disappear. You are here. Let this blessing breathe and live in your body. A reminder that God has come to be with you no matter what state you find yourself in. You are not alone. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Amen.